Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Hello, and welcome to Dustrious, a high-magic, high-fantasy homeroom setting based loosely off the Pathfinder 1E system. This and Elder Stream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Brian Bridges, Brian Wraith, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and in memory of Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our episode to hear about some projects that some of these people are working on. But for now, let's get started with our story. So after your little talk with Gav, you said you grabbed some books and Mm -hmm. dimension doored over to your place. Right. Um, I'd have gone straight into the basement. Yeah, I'm assuming you always go to your workroom unless you say otherwise. All right, that's a fair assumption. Uh, I'm calling it your workroom. I assume it, it has served several purposes depending on what you're doing, but... Right. Uh, your office, if you will. An arcade and repository is where he spends most of his time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are you doing upon arriving? Uh... When he arrives, he's probably going to, or he's going to sigh. He's going to go put down the pile of books on the table, open one up, sit down in the chair that he has in there, and start reading. Okay. Um. So, after you've been reading just a few minutes, I would like you to make a perception check. Okay. Just a few as in like uh, like literally just a few? Yeah. Okay. That is nine in the day and I realize now that I could be rolling this in here and not have inherently my terrible luck. Uh, which is still not an 18. Okay, that's 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 enough. Uh, without even looking up from the book, uh, with your better than average hearing and whatnot, you would hear Ivari approach and kind of stop in the doorway. She's not she's not really saying anything. Uh, she's kind of standing there, but you can hear her breathing. You can hear her heartbeat. So you know she's there. You know it's her. You, you're familiar with her smell. What's up? Uh, he's still looking at the book. Well, um, my initial thought today was that perhaps I'd start treating you on your alchemy t- this evening, but uh, you don't look so happy, so maybe not. I forgot. He'll take the book and he'll scramble around, pull out something to use as a bookmark and put it down by the side. It's like, no, that's fine. It's up to you. I, did, I just kind of made you a promise, and you know. I need something to get off. Needs to do something to get this out of my head, anyway. All right. Uh, to the lab, then. All twelve feet to the lab. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's it's a long trek. You sure you're up for it? He he's just gonna okay. kind of roll okay. his eyes. Uh, no humor. I, I got it. Let's go. And 
he'll follow her. So, uh, on the lab table in front of her, you will see uh, there are four leaves that uh, all look like they they are from the same type of plant. And uh, she'll be like, okay, so uh, lesson one in, al- in alchemy. I told you magic imbues everything in this world, yes? Right. And the key to being able to effectively work with it is understanding what kind of magic is in what. So, uh, I know you said before you can detect magical auras and things of that nature. Right, and like, I don't think he has his mask on right now, so he'll just cast detect magic. And all the leaves light up to some degree. One of them is stronger than the other three. Uh, but you don't see much difference between them. Yeah, look and, uh, pretty similar. This one's stronger. Right. Um, but now, uh, if uh, you will allow me to manhandle you for a minute, and she will walk up and utter some words you don't understand and, and place her hands on your shoulder. And the effect that takes place is that you are still seeing these ores, but they are vastly different now. One of them is this golden color. One of them is is very green color. Uh, one of them is a purplish color. Uh, and one of them has this very dark kind of gray aura to it. Okay, what was that? This is a different way to look at magic. It's very similar to the standard detect magic that pretty much everybody can do. But it is altered. It is different. It is something that uh, you will find common among people who are really good with alchemy, though. The different auras kind of show different types of magic that are stored. All of these leaves, they came from a same plant. Not the exact same plant, but the same type of plants. All of them have a natural property to them that when used correctly, can relieve pain. But each of them have taken on essences of certain types of magic. Uh, so the uh, the golden one there, that is, uh, that's an arcane magic. It's not a certain spell that is stored in that leaf by any means. It is just raw arcane energy. That is what you're seeing. Okay, so this is like detect type of magic, not school of magic. Right, that's a, that's an excellent way to put it. Uh, the gold ores are for the arcane. The green ores are for your divine casters. The purple ores are psychic in nature. The gray ores are a type of magic that as far as I've been able to find out uh, 
it's not a natural thing. It is a corruption of one of the other types. Uh, which one was the brighter one before? The the dark one. The the gray one. Corruption. More power, though. It is more powerful, uh, but it can cause unexpected effects when used in a brew or whatever it is you're making. Okay. Um, a lot of alchemists refer to it as being a, a wild magic. I prefer to think of it as a corruption because it's evidently starts as one of these base types, but something changes it. It's entropic. Okay, yes, I, I suppose so. But uh, whatever it is, it is more powerful, but it's very unpredictable. That sounds about right. All entropy so, is is additional chaos. The only thing it doesn't do is become more ordered. Well, regardless, if you're going to work with alchemy, you're going to have to be able to distinguish between these things. All right. So, I've got a present for you. What kind of present? She will pull open one of the drawers on the table, and she will pull out a mask. And it's very similar to the one you wear, but it's as if the colors on it are reversed. So it's like black and blue? Yeah. I take it this is a lot like mine. Yeah. Um, but I figured... You probably don't want me having to stand here, you know, copying a feel every time you want to do some alchemy, so. This spell, what type is it? Um, you mean, it? it's arcane if, if, if uh, for most casters, but it's typically one that's only given by the gods when you devote yourself to them. Uh, so for me, it's divine because I had divine magic beforehand. You you know, skulls can be emulated, right? I, I would Russell assume that. Yeah, I would assume that that any type of caster could do it if granted the the ability. Um, but most alchemists who are not given their powers through a god are arcane. Here's to continuing to set that trend. And he'll put it on. And yeah, basically the spell that she castled you is what is on this mask. So you can basically use it to study anything around you. In the, even in your house, you will see that everything has slight auras to it. Because everything in this world pretty much absorbs magic. Is there anything that's really predominant here? Uh, like her amulet still glows very brightly because it's, you know, a pretty strong enchantment. Right. Um, and several of the little vials and containers and things that she has on shelves have different glows to them, but you would expect that. I don't know. I'm not liking like power. I just mean like what is the most common color he's seeing and like around in the room um there seems to be a pretty good balance between uh all three 
of the main types of magic. Uh, he's going to cast Prestidigitation and like watch his hands while he does it. Oh yeah, you, you, uh, it is very, like I said, very different from the normal detect magic because it's just the gold color of the arcane spell that is showing. Does it seem to like emanate from him or does it like pull in from the surroundings? Uh, it seems to emanate from him. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, everything seems to have this in it. Um, and it all seems to be about equally balanced. And then, of course, she's just told you that it didn't seem to matter what type of magic it was when it enters this wild magic or corrupted state. It it has the same aura. I imagine it's probably more likely a color we can't see. Something we can't comprehend. But we can still tell if it's light or dark. Otherwise, they likely have their own colors, too, derived from each. The key to good alchemy is to understand the nature of the substances you are working with first, but then to also decide which type of magic is going to help intensify those effects and get the reactions that you want. So I'm guessing it's a bit like that chemistry you spoke of that's just been amped up. Less magic, more microphysical. Yes and no. For example, as I say, this plant, if you drained all the magic off of it, it would still have properties. It, it could still be used. Right. The magic in it intensifies those properties to some degree. So I think it's a combination of the two, if that makes sense. Yeah. So from what I understand, this one holds up the gray one. We just want to not use generally. Generally, there are times when uh, the intensity of it is worth certain risk and there are times when you might create something that you want to have unpredictable effects so fair are these things more regionally common or is it kind of just random uh the plants or the magic uh the saturation from the best I've been able to tell in our travels, there's a, a pretty equal balance of magical saturation everywhere. The gray ones are extremely rare to find. All right. When I do come across them, I collect them because it may be a long time before I come across anymore. That's fair. All right. So these are painkillers. Yes. And... and this particular leaf, when ground up and boiled into a tea, can alleviate pain. Now, if you make the brew out of the one with divine magic in it, you will find that it is actually more effective than the one with the other two. Healing and healing. 
So while you can make any concoction with any form of, of imbued magic, the closer the type of imbued magic matches what you're trying to do, the stronger that formula is going to be. I think he's got the he, he's got the gray one in his hands, and he's like twirling it around, looking at it. Tell me why that one fascinates you so. Don't know what it does. Might make it poisonous. Might make it explode. Might not do anything. And that is the danger with working with it. And I think like Rick's kind of like thinking back, like just this like sort of like dull gray color, and he he's just thinking back to all the way back to their first job here with the uh, with the uh, cougars or mountain lions yes um, or mountain lions a cougar in it yeah you're good yeah um, and like that moment where he got pissed and, and like shot off a fire burst at it and like that basically almost took him out and then uh then again later uh when he was freaking out on the boat and again when uh he kind of lost his cool in the fight with the slavers and dropped a a fucking rock elemental or cold iron elemental on the ship and then again to earlier tonight where he uh, he used his domination power on uh, that one girl, and he's just thinking about that. Like she was standing there for a minute, and uh, if you're trying to hide this, I need you to make a bluff check. Uh, I mean, he, he's not talking about anything, but I don't think he'd right. be trying to hide the fact that he's thinking about something. Like, like I'm talking about, like, the whatever he's feeling from this, if, if he's trying to keep it from showing on his face. Okay. Or in his body language. Uh, it's a 29. So, yeah, uh, she's not really sure what's going on with you, uh, but she'll kind of walk up and hey, just walk up behind you and Put her arms around your shoulders, and she'll be like, "Hey, hmm. you with yeah, me?" He'll 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 put it down and like stand back up straight. Like I think he was like leaned over the table while he was doing that. And I was like, "Yeah, sorry." Oh, you all right? Uh, I've been better. Okay, I'm kind of picking up the vibe that you're not gonna tell me. So, just what can I do? Um, uh, nothing. Let's let's keep going. Uh, what's next? Well, the best thing would be for you to start familiarizing yourself with uh, plants and and ingredients and things of that nature. Um, which you like to have your nose stuck in dusty old books, so I don't suppose that's going to be an issue. Uh, I know some stuff back from my world, but I imagine there's a lot more different plants here. So uh, that's 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 your key. That's your basis. Your jumping off point for most things you're going to do. Now, 
if you ever get to the point to where you can cast without taking life force from yourself, I can teach you how to imbue uh, some of your own magic into stuff. But if you're uh, if you're doing that and losing life force for it, you're not going to be able to do it for very long. Why is when it gets used, is it just gone? Pretty much. It's uh, something to do with the reaction. What about, uh, and he like, snaps his fingers and there's just sparks there, uh, cantrips. Yeah, cantrips are safe enough. So you can get the concept down at least. Right. I'm trying to figure out something, a uh, workaround. I don't know if I'll be able to get unlimited casting the way that some of you do. I'm trying to figure out a workaround. What is your workaround? I know that you can stick a soul in a gem. And I know that you can stick life force in an object. I figure it's possible if you get a hold of somebody's object with life force in it, you can probably steal that. But trying to figure out a way to just, even if it's just temporary, you steal it from straight from things people creatures okay so are you talking about stealing it in order to use it for yourself or stealing it to power a spell or uh, both power items spells you name it I know the matrons can do it the, the high ranking ones so I know it can be done I'm digging I imagine there's got to be some link to the way that soul magic works. That's my best guess, at least at this point. Because if it sucked out my life force while I was alive and it's sucking it out while I'm dead, there's got to be a connection there. I don't think... Makes sense. I don't think my mooks, though. I don't think they can cast. So, but that soul's not really theirs either. It's not from here then again neither am I maybe they just haven't been here long enough maybe but theoretically we could have started earlier I don't know who says how long were you in this world before you actually reached the fort and learned your magic a little bit during that time were you walking around trying to cast spells No, we didn't even know about magic yet. Precisely. The assumption is made that from the moment you can get get here, you can do this. But I don't think anybody's ever stood in the corner of the world and tried to teach somebody to cast as soon as they come through. Now, there have been people like Travis who could cast before he got here. And so he still used magic. Uh, but he had a connection to it beforehand, if you see what I mean. I guess time will tell then on that. So, yeah, I would say at the very least, it's worth working with them some and experimenting, seeing if they get there. We'll see. Okay, so are you going to cheer up if I, like, let you slap me on the ass again or something? You seem to do a lot of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, not enough, it seems. 
And why do you say that? Because I make a lot of stupid decisions. Even when I've got, even when it's not a split second, even when I've got time, I make a lot of stupid choices. And it causes people problems. It causes me problems. Sweetheart, how old are you? 19. Okay. So, even by human terms, you're young. Mm, he's young. What a wonderful excuse. A lot of what you need to to know to make the right decisions in this world, in any world, I guess, comes from screwing up a few times first. You usually do this. I'm almost out of a, a few and into several. Well, okay, so some of us, it takes several. The, the point is that that's, that's how you learn and that's how you figure out what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And somebody could sit there and tell you all day long, oh no, Rick, don't do that. You don't want to do that. But until you do it and find out for yourself you don't want to do it, it's not real to you. So, I just, I've noticed something. And what have you noticed? Since I came here, I had, I think, for my time where I was, I certainly could have had it worse, but I had kind of a rough growing up. And since I came here, I've, I've killed people. I've, I've gotten to the point where killing people is not at the bottom of my list of ways to solve a problem. All right. Seems a lot lower than it is on Russell's, to be fair. But, and I didn't grow up really understanding what it was like to be a part of the family. Not, not my folks and and like my family like the family the uh, my dad and by extension me and my mom we were, they were he was he was part of the mob the mafia it's a crime organization I don't know much about his involvement. All I know is that he made a stupid-ass decision at one point. And that fucked our lives forever. And I would have had a much better life if it weren't for him. But I see myself... I see him in some of the stuff I've done. That's somebody you don't want to see. If I... If I could only kill one person anymore from now until the end of fucking time, it would be him. Okay. I can understand this. But uh, the situation you're in now is a little bit different, right? I know. I know. If you screw up now, nobody's going to come after you or the people you care about. Nobody's going to ruin your life for it. In fact, 
we are going to stand between you and the people that would hurt you for it. I'm not that worried about me. I'm just saying, you, you're not going to ruin anything because the rest of us are here and we will protect you, we will pick you up, we will dust you off, we will help you get back on track to wherever you want to be. So, yes. I'm more worried that the way I'm heading is not the way I would like to go. It's less about people coming back and me pissing people off and all that. I'm going to piss people off. There's the things that we're going to end up doing and the way that all of us act. Okay, so if you don't want to be him, who do you want to be? What kind of man do you want to be? I want to be me, but now I'm not sure what that means. I think that's the first question you have to answer. And he's just, he's going to whistle. It's not really loud or anything. It's just the signal. Uh, And Bruner and Brainer are going to start making their way to the house. Okay. Nice thing about this world, Rick, is it's a chance for you to be whoever and whatever you want. Is it, though? It is. And you've got a whole team of us behind you that will help you obtain that if you just figure out what it is and share it with the rest of us. I don't know. I I know for a fact Gav will hold you accountable. Of course he will. Just kind of that way. But he's not going to do it to be mean or to be vicious. He's going to do it because he wants you to be a better person. And if you want to be a better person, that's good. If not, we may have to make some adjustments. I bit my tongue with him earlier. I wasn't, I knew I wasn't in a good place to talk. He called me son. He hit me upside the head. And that just, that. Gav hit you? Not hard, but yeah. Hey, I, I did something stupid earlier but he he hit me and it was all I could do not to do something even more stupid okay um alright sweetheart here come sit down with me come sit down with me I think I have to explain something to you what I think Rick like being in his position he's a little defiant here like he's not gonna sit down he's he's gonna he'll move over wherever but he's not gonna sit sweetheart if you understand how it is that gav turns you into a vampire right more or less the details of the ritual elude me but yes okay so he took everything from you your life's blood he took that all into himself you understand that Do you really think you can take that much from somebody and not feel something of them, of who they are? I know he doesn't. I, I know that's, that's why I just, that's why I didn't do anything. He doesn't know. He couldn't know. 
I just wonder if you understand. He, it's not like he absorbed your memories. He doesn't know a whole lot of shit about you or anything like that. But in absorbing your essence into himself, not just in a tiny bit, like when you fed for me, but in its entirety, he has felt for himself the depths of your emotions. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Then why the fuck would he do that? Because he doesn't know what causes them. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have your memories. He he could feel the pain, but he doesn't know what has caused that pain. But everything you were up until that point, he has felt now. That is the reason he cares about you. You're not just some creation he made a plaything. Because from the moment you were born until that moment of death, every moment of happiness, of joy, of pain, of heartache, he took into himself. It's the reason he has not created any before you and likely will not create any after. Because he cannot help but care for you now. And then I guess I owe him an apology. I don't think you have to do that. He felt in my life? Yeah. I think the only thing you need to do is accept that maybe he actually cares about your well-being and wants to ensure that your life is better from this point on. The only way he can do that is if you're honest with him. (sighs) Rick is... uh, Rick is obviously... I wouldn't say uncomfortable. He's like grasping for where to go next. He doesn't know his like he doesn't know what to say. It's plain and simple. She'll get up and walk over. She'll actually give you a hug. And she'll be like, he's not going to push you. I'm not here to push you. He can't be my father. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that perhaps you should know the whole story before you decide how you want to react. I wasn't going to react. That was the idea was not to react. I know he didn't mean anything by it. And I know that if you told him it bothers you, he wouldn't do it again. I half wonder if he's watching. I doubt it. If uh, if he thought you were in a situation where you might get into trouble, yeah, certainly. I think he feels pretty secure that uh, here with me, you're going to be all right. For all he knows, I'm not even here. I could have teleported anywhere within a few hundred feet. You could have, but... uh. Gap's one of those people who will trust you unless you give him reason not to. Well, I think he trusts me pretty well, too, so I'm sure he assumes that as long as you're here with me, everything will be okay. Let's see how you all trust each other. I don't mean that as an insult, I don't guess. Wasn't easy at first. Uh, Of course, me and my brothers, we trusted each other. But the reaction this world had to us when we reached the surface was not good. Uh, We first 
put a little bit of trust in Mal because we didn't really have a choice. We were out of options uh, as far as survival and he was offering us an answer, but it, it took a while to uh, develop that trust there. I think maybe it was made easier because we could see that he wasn't always treated well either. Having something in common, being able to identify with each other's struggles, I think that helps some. I guess it's just time. It's just you figure out as you go along that when you do make a mistake, these are the people that are always there. These are the people that don't abandon you, that don't turn against you. <laughs> if it happens enough times, then you start to trust in it. That's what I'm worried about. You don't want to trust us? I'm worried that as soon as I do, that's going to be the problem. Gavin... Mal don't trust each other. No, they don't. They never have. And I don't think they ever will. I don't trust Mal. And I okay. don't trust that that's even me. I'm not sure. All right. So does the fact that uh, you feel like you can't trust Mal at all mean that you can't trust any of us? I don't know what to think about it. I don't know about you. I don't know about Sav. I don't. Oh, about... you certainly shouldn't trust me. I'm an awful person. He just like looks at her very deadpanedly. So it's like, I don't know about you, and I don't know about Zav. I don't know about Gav or Mal. I feel better about Gav as far as it goes but Gav is the best of us it's as plain and simple as that he uh yes he's a follower of this arc devil uh but that that's kind of came around out of necessity at the time it was uh one of his stupid mistakes made in youth and he would change it if he could he said as much. But in his, in his heart, that is not who he is. He was raised in the Church of Serenray. And that is still who he is. Thing is, I just don't know who I can trust. I don't trust Mal because he plays games. And he plays them too well. Oh, he does love his games. And... I know at this point that he lies about some things, but you never get a feel for it. I honestly, I don't even know how much power Gav has over me, if I would even know. He could make you do anything he wanted you to do. And how do I know that he isn't? Because you will know when it's happening. It's just like a spell being cast on you. You could tell the difference between your will and his. Could you not feel it when you were feeding? I know what that was. 
He could take that approach to every aspect of your life if he wanted to. He could stay basically inside your head in a way and know everything you didn't said if he wanted to. That's not what he does. A couple of times. I've seen things usually when I'm casting spells. Uh, symbol of that fucking devil. Well, that doesn't surprise me. He, uh, Gav hates that devil. And yet, in order to help you, he called upon him and asked for his aid. Why? To save you. But why? All I did was cause more problems. I took the shit situation that Russell started and I made it worse. I don't know, Rick. That is something you would have to ask Gab. All I know is that that night, he went to the morgue, as is his job, to gather the effects of the deceased and lock them away until their families could come to claim them or until they were sold by the city. And he came back with you. That's all I know. Feels like everything's just seconds away from falling apart. I don't think that that's true. I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past, but I don't think that's true. A lot of us. I was. I was this <laughs> close. Sorry. No, it's fine, babe. His fingers are like mushed together. I was this close. To what? Sucking the last bit of life out of Russell. He. I hit him. I, I hit him once. I saw a lot of it drain out of him. I knew he wasn't much further off and said some things that. I really didn't want to hear and it, it took every every bit of willpower and logic that I could apply to the situation to not just slap him again and end it. And do you regret that decision now? Slapping him in the first place or not slapping um, him a second time? Not slapping him the second time. I don't know yet. I don't think so. Then I think that goes down in the in the wind column. The one for this thing's done right, huh? I guess. I don't think everything I've done is a fuck up. But I certainly fuck up a lot more than the others. Do you? More often. And he, like, kind of looks away. One of your companions started a fight in the inn, made it so that nobody could hear that fight, and burned down half the town because of it. Yeah. The other one decided to sign on with the deity that he knew practically nothing about. 
not even considering the full cost of it or, or what the deity represented. Rickards. Not a smart man. I was going to say naive. I don't think you're any further ahead on the scale of screw-ups than they are. I don't think there's all out of the way in one big hit. I just drag them out. Maybe. Or maybe theirs haven't fully caught up with them yet. In the case of Brigard, you're talking about a lifetime of consequences. His soul belongs to Asmodeus now. That was his decision. It was. It may have been ill-informed. But that's the point. He made it without having the knowledge and information to know whether it was a good decision or not. Which is why I think he's naive. He's got a good heart. But do you think that good heart is going to save him from everything that is to come after? From everything that Asmodeus will demand from him? I'll deal with that when it happens. Yes, okay, so you've made some bad decisions. And at least in part. And I have forever more until somebody or something kills me. But it doesn't have to always be a repeat of itself, Rick. Because, yes, you lost your patience and you dropped a thing on the ship and people drowned. And then what did you do? What was one of the first things you did? Brought them back to life. You understand the consequences of your actions. You understand them, even if you understand them a little late and you try to rectify them. And one day you will find that you're making better decisions that you don't have to go clean up after. Because the next time you're fighting a ship full of people, you'll you'll remember that. You're learning. We all learn. I got lucky. I died. I turned myself into a fucking spider, Rick. Do you think that was smart? You're alive. Yeah, I'm alive. That's my point. You made a decision to survive. I got lucky. Somebody took pity on me. But you made the decision too, Rick. Yeah, between this, this and it, eternal thinking myself to death. Yes. What was I going to choose? You, you were in a state of limbo. It wouldn't have been that way forever. I didn't know that. And it was that way forever until it wasn't. But you wanted to live. Of course, I, I didn't want to die. I didn't want to be dead. Living, though, Rick, part of living is making mistakes and screwing up and learning from them. I know. I just... I have things to lose now. I, I, I didn't before. And what is that? Different things. Okay. That is uh, a polite way of saying I'm not telling you, so we will move on from there. He'll sit down, finally. But, uh, whoever it is you want to be, Rick, it's okay. Just decide who it is. Figure it out. 
share with whoever you think you can trust, at least on some level, and you'll get there. And who knows, maybe if I'm extremely lucky, I will end up being one of those people that you trust. I'm going to call me a sensitive motive. I thought you were fixed to say sense diplomacy. Sense diplomacy. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, 36. Oh, yeah. Like, she couldn't even bluff that well if she wanted to. Uh, yeah. I rolled really high. <laughs> she's, she's being straight with you. She's, she's straight up. But was she being sarcastic? No. So, uh, uh, by the way, Vari, really love the windows. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks. But if all goes well tomorrow, you won't have to live at Gab's house anymore. So I thought maybe your house should be ready for you. But okay. like, you don't sleep anymore. So dibs on the master bedroom. She just kind of grin at you. Sure, I guess. Ha, I like I need it. You, you're, you're beginning to warm to me already. It's not like I need it. I feel just about as comfortable standing as I do laying down. That's kind of what I figure it is. You don't have a whole lot of use for it. And it's got to be more comfortable than me sleeping on the floor down here. I would imagine. Okay, so... Uh, next big question. Uh, do I need a lease or something? Or do you have a time frame on when I have to move out? Or You intend on staying? I was thinking about it. Why? Uh, I'm not going to go back to running the inn. I need to concentrate on my alchemy. Uh, and, well, you did go through all the trouble of building me a nice little lab here. And it's easier to teach you if I'm here when you're home. So. Sense motive again to see if there's anything she's hiding. Okay. Uh, that is another 36. Oh, yeah, there's totally something she's not saying. And? And... And what? There's something you're not saying. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a little more to it. Don't think you're quite there yet, Rick. <laughs> Narrow my eyes. Okay, fine. It's kind of cool to get to live with the hot new vampire in town. Kind of sense her motive on that. Because that was way too easy. That's only a 22. She's telling the truth. Okay. Didn't think human would be your best style vampire, no. Pretty is pretty, baby. <laughs> what do you think Lee and I were sitting around the kitchen table talking about today? I don't know. Punching things? Uh, no, no, not quite. So, my uh, trophy roommate, or uh, yeah, something like that. A little from column A, a little from column B. I mean, it helps that you're smart because that just makes you useful. Because I can talk to you about things and ask you questions. You'd be far more boring if you were dumb. I imagine. 
but I figure I've got a lot to teach you about this alchemy. And you're exploring some things that I'm curious about. You'd like to learn about. So I was thinking more along the lines of exactly how the Drow Matrons do their thing. But uh beneficial study partner. It's not bad to look at. Sounds like the perfect situation to me. Alright. I guess uh as long as you clean up after yourself. Always. Not in the habit of leaving a mess. I ran an inn for a while. You did. And it's not like I have uh, a lot of people around me. Most of the time, Lena's the only one that hangs out with me on a regular basis. You don't have more friends? Oh, everybody in town is a friend, dear. But it goes back to that. Who do you trust? And I'm in the situation where the majority of our little circle is kin to me. So while I might trust them, I don't necessarily want to tell them everything. It's fair, I guess. And the culture Lena comes from, while not as heavy-handed as drow culture, is similar in a lot of ways. So we get along pretty well. Uh, We became friends pretty easily. Nothing wrong with strong women. I think we're a little uh, more headstrong than most people are used to. Much some fucking headstrong people. It doesn't matter what gender they are. Maybe. Russell, for one, is fucking headstrong. Yeah, but given the chance, I bet I could break him within two hours. Having him begging at my feet. Kinky. <laughs> it wouldn't be. But uh, I've decided to leave him intact. That's rather generous. I thought so. I'm not a nice person, Rick. You think I am? I'm just saying, don't let uh, windows fool you. When people cross me or do something that hurts me or my family, I'm probably not going to live up to any expectation of what you would want me to be. It's fine by me. I don't think I'm much better. I like, at this point, I think that, uh, Maybe let undead arrive? Yeah, they would come clunking down the stairs because they're not quiet. I just look at them like matter-of-factly at the end of that statement. Not regretting your little toys, are you? Thanks for a second. Not regret. What? I don't know. I know that uh, our dearest little Gav would like us all to be Wonderful people who go around spreading sunshine and rainbows to the world, and I don't know. But the truth is, the world is a cruel place. It's not fair. There's nothing fair about it. Sometimes all that uh, going around being good and wonderful to everybody will get you is stomped down into the mud. Some of us fight back. If that makes us evil, so be it. Yeah, I've done some things that I don't like, made some screw-ups in my life. But one thing I do not regret is anything I've had to do to take care of myself, my family, and to show others you don't fuck with them. I think these two make that statement pretty well. Three. Uh, like Deji's there. Oh, well, yes, I guess I 
forget about the little head that's always bobbing around. There's one missing. Yeah, they're different. He wasn't found. Have you talked to the merfolk? No, I've been meaning to. They were the ones dragging the bodies up. Probably should. We need a good time to do it. I don't imagine that they're very active at night. I wouldn't think so. But I don't know that much about them. I just know that they were there when the, the boat sank. That they helped get people out of the cages and shackles alive. And when that failed, they brought the rest ashore. At least I did something right, even if it was an accident. But chances are, if he went into that water, they came in contact with him. I'll see tomorrow if I can get a hold of him. I'm grounded tonight. Grounded? Yeah. I don't suppose so. He just told me I couldn't go talk to the girls. But I got the impression that it's a bad idea for me to leave right now. I don't imagine he would punish you if you left the house. So long as you didn't uh, do the things he told you not to do. Fair enough. Or you could stay here and enjoy my company. We have about 12 volumes of books on plants we could go through. Um, Or we could both take a walk down to the shore and check out the plants along the way. We could do that. You could wear your new mask. I could. And uh, see how the magic is imbued in the plants and such. Do you want to come? Yeah. Yeah, I'll come. Quick question. Are we trying to be sneaky about this? Or are we just going for a stroll? There's that whole party going on outside. And like, I'll go up the stairs and I'm going to, I'm going to look out. Do I see any of the girls or the known parents of the girls at the party? How are you looking out these windows, babe? No, I'll just crack my door open and look out. Oh, okay. You're looking at the front door. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to tell. There's a pretty good crowd there. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, invisibility on myself okay. and gaseous form to take a look. It, it's sundown, right? It's it's after dark. Oh, yeah. The, the, the sun has gone down. Okay, yeah. So I'll gaseous form, invisibility, go take a peek. Um, this They've basically all that meat burger brought, brought back. They've set up these big barbecue pits outside. Um, and most of the town is there. With uh, the inn being shut down, pretty much everybody is turning out for this thing. Okay, so I can assume that they're likely there. If they're not... They're, they're probably on their way to or from. Okay. So I will return to the house and I will enter. So I think it's better to be a bit stealthy. I can get us to the... I can get us probably out of town with a dimension door. All right. How far can you get us? 520 feet. Okay, yeah. So you can get y'all well on the other side of the market and stuff. Do that teleport off to the other side uh i can take her because it's you and touched objects or other touched willing creatures okay and heading down towards the shore 
and just as a memory thing i um i did give bara the thing to already give or show to the um merfolk right no no you showed it to her so she could describe it to them oh okay then i'll make sure that i have the sea king's trident okay and i will go that way walking along peering at any plants that stick out of knowledge nature a little bit so yeah like as y'all walk along she will point out different plants like this one's good for aches and pains this one's good for upset stomachs you know uh, a lot of medicinal stuff and then every once in a while she'll say just uh, this one's really good for making a poison or <laughs> yeah just little one-offs now and then um I think he'll like grab the poison ones. She would chuckle at that. Uh, you know that's that's kind of a specialty. Well, good thing you're teaching me then. <laughs> so th- at that point, she would start getting a little more specific about him. Like this one will knock people out. This one will actually hurt them. This, you know. He'll, I think he'll ask. So when it comes to poison, what's the better of the? things to get. I imagine gray might actually be good for poison. Well, uh, could be, could not be. Like I said, it's unstable and can have unpredictable results. So if you're trying to make a poison that you want to kill somebody outright, it might be worth a shot uh, because it is so powerful. But, like, I wouldn't use it for, like, a sleeping dart poison or something of that nature. Fair. To answer your question, it's it's the divine magic still. Divine magic's not all about healing. It's about nature itself. It's... So what good are the other two for? Well, uh, for example, those uh, little concoctions I made for you, those are arcane. Uh, explosions are almost always going to be arcane. Okay. Uh, People use psychic magic and things that, uh, where they want to affect a person's mental state, whether it's to make them calmer, to uh, give them a boost of energy, things of that nature. Drugs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Right. I mean... The psychic ones enter, uh, alter mental states, basically. Now, if I can ever figure out, or maybe we can ever figure out how to stabilize this corrupted stuff, then we would be onto something that nobody else has worked with. Maybe. If it's entropy, that's difficult. I guess the first uh, step would be to figure out exactly what's going on with it. Which is probably going to prove the most difficult because alchemists have been wondering this for a long time and haven't figured it out yet. I've got a few experiments in mind. I was rather hoping that your, shall we call it, otherworldly knowledge might bring some fresh insight to it. Honestly, my first idea has probably been done before, but who knows, maybe people overcomplicate things. Sometimes we do. Literally just going to stick something else with a different aura on it and see if it spreads. But uh, 
this, this is another reason I thought maybe us living together wouldn't be so bad. My knowledge of this world, your knowledge of a more advanced world, combined we might could do some pretty amazing things. Uh, maybe we'll do some really shitty things. Who knows? Oh, that kind of sounds like me too. But uh, shitty things can be amazing. Sometimes it's not a good amazing. No, but still pretty amazing. As long as we don't accidentally kill people, I think uh, I, th- I think we can count it as a win. There's a lot of bad that isn't accidentally killing people. Okay, yes, I know. I was being succinct. Yes, that's that's a good way to put it, I guess. I don't know. I've been called pedantic. So yeah, he'll he'll pocket a few poisonous herbs along the way. All right. And y'all will eventually get down to the water. There is no longer a mast sticking up out of the water because they did dismantle the ship with Mal's help. There is a pretty sizable stack of lumber still sitting near the docks. It's relatively quiet down here. Everybody pretty much in town at the barbecue. Uh, So he's going to walk out to the end of the pier. Yes, she'll follow you. And uh, make me a perception check. 31. Okay, so under the water, you can see little patches of stuff that glows. And uh, she will point out that it's a, it's a plant that, that grows in the water that uh, has this glow effect to it. Color, does it like show up in the mask? It shows up as arcane. What's it used for? Uh, well, a lot of people use it to craft like mundane stuff kind of uh it can be used in pigments to make things that glow such as ink and paint and stuff like that um some people actually will try to collect it and grow it in bowls of water and stuff for a natural light source but uh you could you can use it in alchemy as well uh right combinations that can become combustible take some back here in a bit. I didn't think vampires could do the water. Apparently normally they can't. Like I said, I got lucky. And he's gonna like shout out over the water. uh, Hold your clothes for you while you go swimming. No, no. Shame. He's gonna shout out an Aquan over the water. Okay. I didn't didn't know you spoke Aquan. Yeah, I spoke Aquan. I thought that's the reason you had Barra talk to him, but no, I had Bara talk to him because I went out to the shore and nobody answered when I called oh, out. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, you wouldn't hear have anybody answer immediately. Uh, but if y'all are hanging out down by the pier, yeah. eventually... And he has like, life since 60, so anything... Yeah, uh, there, are def- there are definitely living beings under this water. Um, and when you call out, they seem to kind of congregate as if maybe they're having a discussion among themselves. And eventually a, a head will pop up. Um, and you'll see this uh, mermaid. She's kind of keeping her distance, but she's like, are you uh, you calling for us? I think so. And I hold up the, the Sea King's trident. Oh, and she'll swim up kind of closer to the pier and like pull, pull the top half of herself up. Uh, so... This is the treasure we were promised, is it? Yep. 
And I was, I was going to ask for something for it, but I think, honestly, y'all earned it. Y'all helped a lot. I do have a question, though, if I could ask. Yeah? Among the people that were sinking on the ship, there should have been an Ifrit. I want to know what happened to him. I'm, I'm not familiar with this term, Ifrit. Uh, red skin, horns, fiery hair. Okay, um, I'll ask, okay? All right. And she will dive back under the water and swim back to the others. Uh, she'll come back with a merman that uh, they'll both swim back up to the pier. And when he pulls himself up, he'll say, uh, you're looking for the horned one? Yeah. Should have been male, red hair, horns, sort of reddish-orange skin. He, uh, he was still alive when we pulled him out of the water, barely. Was dying quickly. Uh, so we uh, used a spell to stabilize him before leaving him on shore with the others. I take it that's all you know? Well, I don't do much walking around on land, so... And I'll hold out the, uh, the trident. And the mermaid will reach up and take it, and uh, she seems pretty pretty enthralled by this. She, she's looking at it and ooing and gnawing over it and whatnot. Uh, the the man will say to you, I can, I can show you where he was laid ashore if you want to see. I'd probably be too old to pick up a scent, but I'd like that if you don't mind. And uh, he will swim down south of the pier uh, as close to the shoreline as, as he can get. Using, using my great speed that I haven't yet really showcased. I will zip around up the pier and across the thing to go meet him where he's swimming to. And basically it's basically uh, in this area around the pier, uh, there's there's a little beach uh, and he can only come up so far. Right. But uh, he tell you, uh, we we would bring them here and then kind of Make sure that they were stabilized if they were alive, but uh, let the let the waves wash them the rest of the way up. Thank you. You're welcome. I can make something more at, at a later date if I need anything else from you. Is there an easier way to contact you? Uh, well... It might seem uh, a little oversimple, but if you take a bottle and fill the bottom of it with rocks and put a note in it and seal it and throw it off the pier, it's going to sink. Makes sense. If there's something shiny in it, I can almost guarantee you that one of our people will pick it up. Done and done. Out of curiosity, who's going to end up with that trident? Well... When she is through ooing and awing over it, she will have to hand it over to the Mer King. So y'all have a king, huh? In a manner of speaking, yes. Pass on my regards to your king. Tell him my name is Rick. Okay. I can tell you for things of that amount of beauty, it would not be difficult to get the king to do most any service that you require. Another question, if it's not too much of an issue. 
Depends on what you ask, but go ahead. Regarding, I guess, the ecology down there, y'all have many monsters? Not in this area. Uh, the waters here, well, deep enough for ships and such are not necessarily deep enough to to house great monsters. There are areas, though, of the world that have some bigger, scarier things. I pull out my map and uh, I'll like wade out in the water towards him. Would you mind pointing out those areas here? And I point at the map. First, tell me where we are. Uh, and I point where we are. The uh, world looks very different from above. It does. Well, this is where we are. That, that was north, east, west, south. Okay, so do you see this island over here? And he will point over where Middlesbrough and Redwater are. Yes. Out there in the middle. And uh, you say the... The waters surrounding this island are very deep. So big monsters. We would not classify them as monsters per se, but I suppose to those not used to dealing with them, they would be be considered so, yes. What would you call them? They're sea life. They're just part of the sea. That's their home, their environment. That's where they're supposed to be. Fair enough. Is there anywhere where you all have trouble going? For reasons of surface dwellers? Not much. We tend to stay away from the ports of the large cities and that kind of thing. Uh, We pretty much kept to ourselves all together until Karina and her crew came around. And they started trading metal with you? Yes. Uh... Our king desires to actually be able to form a city and figure a way to forge metal underwater and make a permanent community somewhere at some point. Some of the people support this idea. Some of the people say that we shouldn't try to live like the the land dwellers, but... Well, I've got something else to send with you then. A proof of concept. And he'll... Go ahead and he'll cast Create Armaments. He's not trying to make anything special. Uh, just producing as much iron as he can or as much steel as he can with a single casting. So I'll probably do like a large steel shield because at least like swimming with that, it could like sort of buoyancy itself with its shape. Uh, okay. Along. And then I'll wait a minute and I'll charge uh, another coin with... Uh, I'll charge a coin with Fabricate. All right. I'll hand it to him and I say, you have a craftsman, somebody who's who already makes your weapons. Take this and use it on this and see what they can make of it. Okay. Um, I won't pretend to understand it, but I'll pass the message along. All right. Think of it as a, a proof of concept of what I can offer you should something be needed one way or the other. I will make sure the king is aware of that. Alright. He'll, like, stand up out of the water again. And 
Like, I guess that's all I needed. Thank you. Thank you for the trident. You're welcome. And he will turn around and dive back under the water. Navari's still sitting up at the pier. Uh, I think, would it be quicker at 40 feet to uh, fly to her, or would it be quicker at 70 feet to run on the ground? Uh, I don't know which is quicker. Uh, You're not that far away from the pier. Like, you'd have to go, you know, to to get... The pier sticks out over the water, of course. Right. Uh, But you have to walk back towards land, and then you're only about... 25, 30 feet south of there. All right. Yeah, I'll just I'll just run up to the pier. I'll be there in like six seconds. So it looks like he's probably alive. Got away. I want to check the beach and see if there's any signs, but I doubt it given the amount of time that's passed. I wouldn't think so. The waves would have washed anything away. But uh, if he got up and walked off, and he didn't walk into Hill Point, well, he's either surviving out in the woods or he went south to the cove. How much longer do you think there is until sunup? A while now. uh, If I had to take a guess, I'd say it's probably only about 10 in the evening. So I I have a a logistical question for you. Mm -hmm. When we travel for a day, how -hmm. long do we actually travel for? I'm assuming that typically it's an eight-hour day. Okay. Because you have to have time for stopping for meals and stuff and time for everybody to get a full eight-hour sleep while taking shifts. This is, of course, not pushing the speed of any creatures we are burdened upon. Um. Yeah, this is like if, if you're traveling... By horseback, then the the hexes per day is considering their normal walking speed. Okay. I've got something I want to check on then. What are you doing, Rick? I'm going to go check in at the cove. You're going to go all the way to the cove and back? Yeah, I've got plenty of time. Uh, I could run, but actually, uh, I think I can do it with a spell really quickly. I've been there before. It, It won't be bad. All right, shall I stay here or shall I go back to wait for you in the basement? It's up to you. I don't know how long I'll be gone once I'm there. I'll be back before the morning, or at least by the morning. Okay, well, I will head back then, and uh, I'll just have Zav tell Gavin that uh, unless he has some objection, you will be staying at the house after the sun rises to continue some alchemy lessons all right that way if you're a little late getting back you won't necessarily be missed sounds good to me i guess is he'll find out anyway well i guess there's probably a chance of that but uh if you're a wise man rick you'll tell him before somebody else does with any luck this won't last real long anyway and it shouldn't be an issue (laughs) all right so i think uh, if you don't mind, then he'll hold out his hand. Okay, she'll take your hand. He'll cast teleport greater and they're back in the basement. <laughs> and then he just squats and he's like, oof. You're right there, babe. Yeah, I just need a minute. And literally one minute later, he will be just fine. Damn, this vampire stuff seems useful. 
It's got its perks. There's no doubt about it. Okay. I'm going to go to the cove. Well, be safe. People there may not be so fond of vampires. He'll spin the masks around. That's what these are for. And he'll go ahead and uh, he'll swap out to the white mask and put the black one on his hip and cast Greater Teleport and go to the cove. Poof. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Desters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting. And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive. That's our Discord. Link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter at Eldritch Dream, at Eternap, and at Dustress Podcast. And this is Last Call, so... Finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time. <laughs>